again, welcome. If you're a guest with us today, or maybe you've been with us for a few weeks, uh, stop on the Connect Center back here near where the coffee stuff is. There's a, a little uh, unit there that has a, a book in it called The God Questions that we'd encourage you to take home. Just a nice little short book that uh, tends to answer some of the hard questions in life from a biblical perspective. Uh, why, why do bad things happen? Uh, is God real? And a few other things. Anything that's in that box, I encourage you to take it with you. Um, stuff for kids back there, too. So, uh, if you are a guest with us today or just been with us for a few weeks, just want to say thank you. Thanks for being here with us. We are seeking the Lord to, uh, to regrow and revitalize our church after a hard, hard couple of years that all of us have experienced collectively. And He is gracious and good. And we trust Him for everything. So, We're wrapping up the, the end of a five-week series on the Holy Spirit uh, today, and uh, all of those are available on our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Christ Community Church Alaska. Um, hopefully this week we'll also have the audio podcast updated. It's had some technical issues, but I think I got those figured out this past week, and we'll get those uploaded. So if you're like me and you just like to listen to podcasts and audio things and, and not sit and watch video, it'll be available and you can also share that with folks. Uh, maybe you were here or you've heard it, seen it, and you thought, wow, that was pretty good. Well, you can go to either one of those locations, copy that link, and share it with someone who maybe uh, would be encouraged uh, by what we have there. And uh, something new we'll be introducing here uh, soon on our podcast is you'll have the option for both uh, the full service, which has all of the music and everything, which we're getting pretty good at having a recording and a live stream that, that works. Uh, we hit some bumps a couple of weeks ago, but we got through those. And uh, so we'll still have that full service available, but we'll also be one that's just the message uh, and uh, maybe some notes before and after. So if you want to share that with someone who maybe uh, wouldn't be interested in the music portion, but I just want to listen, you can do that. So I encourage you to do that. And then uh, we'll have some other announcements here at the end of the service, stuff that's coming up that I hope you'll get excited about. All right? So... Uh, all of this series of the Holy Spirit is available on YouTube now. It will be available on the podcast uh, page shortly. You can get through all of that through our website, c3ak.com, and it will wrap up with today's message, which I think, I always say this and then it's not, I think is going to be fairly brief. I want to share with you the passages of Scripture, then I get excited about the passages of Scripture, but I'm going to try and, and stick with it today. Um, and part of it was because I sort of I struggled a little bit with uh, making, if you will, the connection to today's topic, which is the Holy Spirit connects. And there's a little irony in that because often it seems that when I'm preparing messages and I'm struggling around the, the context or or how to communicate something maybe that's useful to us in the moment it somehow relates to the topic that I'm trying to address. And so I had difficulty connecting to connecting to the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think it was because I had it in a narrow lens and I needed to broaden my perspective a little bit. And Scripture, of course, helped me to do that. And when it, when it came to me and, and I saw what, what the Lord was trying to speak to me out of the Scriptures, it was, uh, it was just one of those kind of, epiphany moments where I said, oh, this is, this is the thing that you are wanting us to consider. And then how it ties in with another C word today, 
communion, because we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper today, uh, they, they interconnect quite well. So if you will go with me to Romans chapter 8, if you have a Bible with you or a Bible app, I encourage you to do that. We'll have it here on the screen, uh, Lord willing, and the technology cooperates. Jason fought with it a bit this morning, but I think he prevailed. Good job. Romans chapter 8, verse 10. It's going to start right here. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, let's just take that very first phrase. Although the body is dead, obviously those of us sitting here, standing here, are not dead. Right? But he qualifies that, right? Though Though the body is dead in what? In sin. And so even though we have become followers of Christ, our body will still bear the consequences not only of our own sin, uh, but sin that's been passed down generationally from time immemorial. And we see that evidenced in, in things like disease. God, God doesn't give people cancer. It's, a, it's an effect. It's a result of the deterioration of the perfect creation that he started with, and that is because of the seed the dark seed and stain of sin. Uh, uh, We were just speaking this morning about we wish there was more peace in the world. Amen? Why isn't there? Because of sin. And so even though we are living and walking and breathing in this moment, our bodies are still going to die. And so in in a manner you can say that we're already dead. But our spirits can be brought to life with the power of the Holy Spirit through the power of God. And so that's what he says. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in ye, you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, we talked about this, I think it was last week, about uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit being in you, with you, God himself, with you and in you as a believer. He's not intended to be some distant figure who's unrelatable and, and who's unattainable. Jesus spoke of the one who would come behind him, the helper who would come behind him, who would literally be God with each one of us in a persistent fashion as we follow Christ. So in verse 12, he continues, he says, So then, brothers, we are debtors, we are in debt, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Meaning if all you invest in is your physical pleasure, your physical needs, your physical life, if that's all your life's investment is in, when your life comes to its end, all the debt is paid. Uh, you, you have given all of your energy to physical things, and there is no hope, there's no promise of any other life or reward beyond that. So that's what he says. If, if we're in debt to our flesh, kind of like this, it's reminiscent of some of the language in the New Testament we see of being a bondservant, a bondservant to sin or a bondservant to righteousness. If you're in debt to sin... If you're in debt to the flesh, then all that you can reap as a reward or as a benefit is in the flesh. And once that flesh reaches its end, that's that's it. It's just the end. 
But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, there's a, there's a heresy from way back when that I'm not going to remember the name of. It might have been uh, Donatism. <laughs> but uh, it was those who, who really, uh, asceticism or, or living a spiritual life only was a complete re- rejection of the flesh. And those who got really serious about it were even like, I'm going to live so spiritually, I don't even need to drink water or eat food. And you can do the math on how that turned out. Right? Um, that's just a system that's not going to function well if you want the mortal flesh that you live in to continue living. And this passage of Scripture could be used to support that because it says, if you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. But the deeds of the body is a direct reference back to living a life of sin, being a debtor to sin, being in debt to our fleshly desires as opposed to being in debt to, to the Holy Spirit, to God, to Christ for the gift that he's given us, which is the gift of life with his righteousness in exchange for our unrighteousness. So, if you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, as daughters, as children. Those adopted into the family of God with Him as our Father, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Now, what does it mean to suffer with Him? Jesus talks about this. Uh, in the Gospels, where he says, uh, count it a privilege if you are persecuted for the sake of my name. If, if you live a life that is holy and you live a life that, that is the, the, the way of following Jesus, there will come times where you may miss out on things, you may be excluded from things, you may even be uh, actively persecuted for things. And he says, be grateful for those. Because as they persecute you, they're persecuting me, which means understand then that you are upholding and living a life that is pleasing to God because you're living as Jesus would. So when he says that we might suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him, is simply a phrase that tells us that we as Christians should be devoted to living in such a way that we're willing, we're open to the possibility that we will be disliked, excluded, and sometimes even persecuted because we claim the cause of Christ. And I think we see an increasing tendency of that in the world in which we live today. There's a, you know, there's all-out rejection of that which is uh, righteous, that which is biblical, that which is uh, taught even by the very words of Christ himself. We see it being rejected in so many segments of our world culture. And I don't think that we should have an expectation that that's going to decrease in the future. The, and we've talked about this many times here. The world comes apart at the hinges at some point. It's, it's 
to be expected that the great persecution will rise. It's to be expected that godlessness and lawlessness becomes a great force on the face of the planet. Because we're in a war, we're in a battle with the powers of darkness. And uh, we should not be afraid of that because we know that Christ is the victor. But that doesn't mean there won't be hard times. It doesn't mean there won't need to be hard times in your life today. But I encourage you to remain strong and stay connected to your relationship with Christ. And that connection is literally the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. You see, we don't have to go back to the Old Testament ways of, of, of gathering once or twice a year in the temple courtyard and appealing to the high priest to go into the Holy of Holies where the presence of God uh, has taken favor to reside and the high priest alone goes in and makes appeals before God on behalf of the people. We don't have to go back to the times of Moses where Moses went to the top of the mountain and encountered the presence of God so greatly that when he came down, his face was shining like the sun and the people were afraid to look at it. But they didn't go up the mountain. We don't even, we don't even have to go back to the time of Christ when a limited number of people on the face of the planet actually got to, to hear his voice and, and see the work of his hands and look upon his face and sit under his teaching, whether it was the twelve disciples sitting with him around the dinner table and, and listening to him speak about the kingdom of God, or thousands sitting on a mountainside listening to him speak about the kingdom of God. And yet all of those people have passed away, and we can't go back to that time. But friends, we live in a time where Jesus has sent, the Father has sent, the Holy Spirit has come, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The fullness of God in the Holy Spirit has come to us to personally be with us, within us, as we follow Christ. And that can be a, I mean, that's a big idea to grasp. But friends, the same God who said, let there be light. If you are a follower of Christ, is in you. Remember, the Holy Spirit is not a force. Jason talked about this. It, it, it's not a Jedi mind trick thing. It's not a. It's not a just a presence. It's not a feeling. The Holy Spirit, fully God in His one in essence and purpose, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says He dwells in you. The Bible says, Do you not know that your body is the temple for the Holy Spirit? And I know that you experience, just like I do, perhaps there are times when you feel like God is distant. That's a mirage. He's in you. He is with you. As we just sang, he is for you. I want to encourage you today to, to take hold of that truth. Gather it to you because when times are difficult, regardless of whether it's because the world's going to hell in a handbasket, let's put that aside. Just your life. Things 
aren't turning out the way that you thought they would. Trouble or trial has come. Listen, friends, I don't know how much money we have spent on car repairs in the last 18 months. I don't want to know. I don't want to do the math. It will hurt me. Is that a trial? It is. Because that's money that could have gone to do something else, right? But it did that thing, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful that we could. I'm grateful it was spread out. (laughs) Sort of. Sometimes the troubles come because we do stupid things. And and we bring the consequences to us. Sometimes things happen completely out of our control. And they, they shift and upset the balance of our life and how we thought things were going to be or how things have been for a long time. But in all of those, I want you to join me in trying to be more mindful, more uh, aware that even in those times, in fact, especially in those times, God is not a far distance from us. He is not a long way off. He is with you. In fact, I have probably preached this theme more than anything else in my career as a pastor. This is the promise of Jesus. Go, teach people about me, make disciples, help help grow new followers of me, share people with the good news so that they can follow me. Baptize them. Teach them everything that I have told you. And then what is the last thing he says? He says, and I will be with you even to the end of the world. This is the promise God has given us. He's not given us the promise of an easy life, a perfect life, even a happy life. Forget happy. Happy is an emotion. Joy is a choice. But he has promised he will never leave us nor forsake us. And this is the fulfillment of the promise. It's the Holy Spirit with us. So, one way that the Holy Spirit connects is he connects us to himself. To God. And then, briefly, the second passage of Scripture, I believe, i got to look it up here, is over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I think we're going to start off in verse 4. Most of this, I'm, I'm just going to read through, okay? And then we're going to touch on one small part. We're going all the way to verse 12. Starting in verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them to everyone. Now, I want you to take verse 4, 5, and 6 and notice something. There are three descriptions of God in these three verses. Do you see them? There are varieties of gifts, but the same what? Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same what? Lord. Who is the Lord? 
right? Jesus is Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same who? God, who empowers them all in every way. This is uh, so common, especially in the writings of Paul, to write things this way, to remind us, this is where ideas of the Trinitarian nature of God come from. These are some of those places, and I've pointed some of them out before. Uh, Even at the the beginning of the book of Genesis, in the beginning, the earth was formless and without void, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And then we find in John chapter 1 that Jesus was the creative force. And so we have all three right there, even at the creation. And we have all three right here. Spoken of equally in these three verses. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So verse 7, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And here's where I want you to focus for this final thought. So, we already talked about how God connects us to himself through the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. But he further connects us to one another in the work and purpose of the church. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. You see, those who follow Christ have been given the presence of the Holy Spirit living within them. And in so doing, He, in His good favor, gifts us with ways in which we serve one another, we serve the church, we serve the community around us. And that is not so that we can be a Lone Ranger hero who's got the great gift and out there doing a great work. It's so that we can be one body working together. So God connects us. Holy Spirit connects us to himself and to one another. And I can't help but think that that's an echo of love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's the same, it's the same two tracks, right? One is about our relationship with God, and one is about our relationship with one another and with our community. These are paramount that we understand them and that we act in them, that we live in them. So this morning, we come to the table. Pastor Jason's going to come and administer. I think we have a video that will run first. But he will administer the Lord's Supper today. And uh, we practice open communion here. If you're a follower of Christ, we encourage you to come and remember with us the life of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ, all that he's given to us, and the gift of the Holy Spirit as you remember him this morning. And it is no mistake that the, the emblem that he's given of that is a body, the body of Christ. We remember his body hung on the cross and resurrected, but we have become, who? The body of Christ in the world today. So be encouraged, and we'll try and find out what that is as we go.
it's not an issue of judgment. It's, it's not an issue of keeping you on the outside, but this is intended for those in the body. And therefore, if you're not in the body, I'll just ask you to stay seated. It's not a big deal. Also, in community, we as Christ followers affirm and celebrate our participation in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is why I always encourage you, before you approach the table, consider your life. Are you living in a way that expresses participation in the life of Christ? If you look at the course of your life right now, the conduct of your life, the status of your relationship with Him, and you see obstacles there, you see areas where your life does not align with the life of Christ, maybe it's better you do not partake right now. Or certainly, at least, take a few moments to right now, in this moment, in the quiet, consider. Perhaps it's time to confess some of those things and bring yourself back in line with the life of Christ. This is a wonderful moment, but it means something. And it's important we not approach the table in an unworthy manner. Just to let you know, one, we have returned to the days of the broken bread and the little cups. We are done with the three packs. So, you might get a piece of bread somebody else's fingers will touch it. Jesus, protect us. Uh, I also want to just just in case it's an issue for you, we do use uh, gluten-free elements so that uh, if that is a personal issue, uh, that would not prevent you from coming and participating in this moment. So I assume Tracy's going to noodle away on the piano here in a moment. I ask you to just take a moment, and then as you're ready, come and receive, take everything back to your, ta- uh, to your seat, and then when everybody has been served, we will partake together.
Jesus took the bread and broke it. He said to his friends, his brothers, this is my body broken for you. Take this and eat and remember me. shared it with his brothers and his friends. And he said, this is the blood poured out for you, a sign of the covenant. Take this and drink it and remember me.
Christmas child uh, shoe boxes. We have 50 of them somewhere. Where did you say you put them? Over there. Right. I thought I, my instinct was there, but then I couldn't remember. And uh, we'll have those sitting out next week. But uh, we're doing a little different this year. Instead of having you pack at home, we'd love for you to come and bring all your stuff here and we'll pack it together um, as a community, as a church event. And uh, if you're not getting the newsletter, Suggestions for little kids, little older kids, little older kids, of things to put in the boxes uh, as you go and prepare to buy for those. So I just really encourage you to do that. Go ahead, go gather your supplies, how many boxes you want to do. If we have extra, we'll either get more boxes or we'll find someplace locally that we can donate those to kids who maybe need a little extra for Christmas. All right? So uh, take part in that. Come and be with us. Invite some friends to come along. They don't have to be part of the church. Just invite them to come and have a good time with us. Reception uh, next Sunday, right here, four o'clock, for my son Stephen and his wife Caden. Just have a big wedding celebration there, and then from there, uh, I wanted to do something back here with about a home for us and our family. And that'll be good. Four o'clock. If you're coming to that, please either let me know or RSVP on the email. Uh, that was also in the newsletter. Uh, so again, if you're not seeing the newsletter, get you hooked up. Uh, but everybody's welcome. So we'll have food for Doxology, these words are old, they're ancient. And I do love this. 
Jesus. Amen. Thank you guys for being with us.